Welcome to the Rise Up in Business podcast. I'm Tracy Myler Crane and I'm your host. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a mum to two wonderful little people. This podcast is designed to be the business and law podcast for small business owners. Each episode explores different business and legal concepts in a clear and easy to understand way, all delivered in bite-sized chunks that are easy to listen to. You're sure to be able to take little nuggets of gold from each episode and implement them into your business straight away. I'm bringing you these podcast episodes each week with my intention being to share with you what you need to know to feel empowered so you can rise up and take control in your business. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Very happy to be joined today by Angela Henderson, who is a business consultant for women who are juggling all the things and wanting to grow their business. Angela, hello, welcome. Hello, hello. How are you today, my friend? Good, really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Really looking forward to this chat. This season of the podcast is focused very much on, you know, those small business owners that get a couple of years into their business journey and they're doing all the things and they're wearing all the hats and more often than not, overwhelm kicks in and they pause and think, what do I do now? What do I need to do? What's the best way to move forward? Where do we go from here? So I know that you are going to have some valuable insight in relation to what you say business owners really need to be focusing on to avoid that overwhelm and to grow their business moving forward. Yes, there's heaps that we can talk about. I think the first thing that's important to talk about is oftentimes people continue to do, 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 and that puts them further and further out of alignment and that equally puts them closer and closer to burnout. Whenever people are overwhelmed, stressed, or burnt out, the first thing that I speak with my own clients about is that what is it that's like no longer an alignment and that burnout equals unaligned pretty much. Now, burnout is you've got stress, you've got burnout, and you've got a full-blown mental health diagnosis. As an ex-mental health clinician where I used to diagnose people with schizophrenia, bipolar, anxiety, etc., again, you sit on this cusp between stress, burnout, and that. But the more burnt out you are, normally the more unaligned you are. And it's important to really kind of consider that. The second thing that I'd say is that when people get to that stage, often I also think overwhelm equals overcomplicated. So often businesses are overcomplicating their business model because they continue to consume more and more content via podcast or via Instagram or emails and that they think they need to be doing all the time. It's important to know that you can have a business that is successful and that is run with ease and run with elegance and you don't have to be doing, doing, doing and doing that hustle mentality. Oh my gosh, I'm loving that. I think we really need to do away with the hustle mentality. And I think you're right, that does bring people into that phase of becoming unstuck. And I'm loving what you're saying about being aligned and then not aligned. So when you're talking with your clients and when you're speaking on this topic, what would you say that business owners really do need to be focusing on to keep it simple and to be able to grow and move forward? The first thing that I talk about is the analogy of the three little pigs, right? Is that we need to build a business of foundations because if we don't have a solid foundation, then that's when things start to crack. And so if you think about the three little pigs, most people will have heard the story. You've got a pig that makes a house out of sticks, a pig that makes a house out of hay, and you've got a pig that makes a house out of bricks. 
it's the same thing that in my opinion we need to do with businesses is most businesses owners that come to me have a business made out of hay or business made of sticks it's built yes they might be making some money yes but it wouldn't take much for that shit to crumble covid comes marital breakup kids get sick etc right so when i say is that we need to look at these core foundations and build a business of bricks bricks they cost a little bit more aka you might need to invest in a business consultant lawyers to drop contracts etc they also weigh more right and so because the way more it takes longer to move a brick from point a to point b so with cost that but if you can lay it out right even if covid comes your business should still be there a window might be broken aka that's covid and you might have to pick up glass and it's shattered and it's a pain in the ass and you might not make as much money but you will still be there for the long-term business and once those foundations are solidified there's three components to that one is build your audience two is nurture your audience and three is to sell to your audience when i talk to you about the first thing around building your audience there's three ways to build your audience aka visibility without visibility you don't have people without people you can't put your offer and product in front of them if you can't put your offer or product in front of someone you can't sell if you can't sell you don't have a business and so in order to build your audience you need a visibility strategy and there's only three ways to be visible organic partnership and paid you typically will start with one and then layer so obviously organic the pros to that are is you're not having to pay anyone for a conversion or whatever but the con is you're spending a lot of time creating content posting it out there and it will only go so far right Partnerships is also really great because you can leverage someone else's audience while at the same time growing yours. But again, you've got to build a relationship. You can't just go and ask random people to do things for you. It's like going to a bank account or to Commonwealth or Westpac, whatever bank you bank with. You can't withdraw money that's not within the account. It's the same thing. You can't go and ask favors if you haven't contributed into that relationship. So partnerships can work great. But again, there's time associated with that. And then the paid visibility strategy, obviously, YouTube ads, Pinterest ads, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, whatever, is yes, you can grow quicker, but the con is you're having to pay money to be able to get there so really again you've got to build your audience and you've got to decide in a way that feels right for you in alignment with you so that you continue to show up on a regular basis once you have that audience you really need to be able to nurture the audience and the analogy i use is this is you don't i mean some people do but typically you don't go into a bar slap johnny or henrietta on the ass and ask them for sex i mean again it may work for some people all right no judgment what stays in vegas happens in vegas but most of the times you might slap johnny or henrietta on the ass depending on who what team you're batting for right and you might go hey can i buy you a drink and then you might have some conversation then you're like hey can i grab your number then you might text message then you might take them out for dinner and then you might get wham bam right so the same thing you need to nurture your audience right the same thing but yet so often people will be like oh i got a new lead buy my shit buy my shit buy my shit People don't want to be sold to people want to see that you're providing value and that you're curious about them and that you're ready to connect with them always lead with value first. So again, that nurturing in the audience is crucial because if not all that work that you've done to get people into your ecosystem to, through your visibility strategy can be lost because they're like this person's a douchebag I'm out. So you must know to nurture your audience. And then the last thing is, and this is where I see a lot of businesses fall down, is they've built this great audience. They've actually spent time in nurturing and creating connectiveness, but then they don't ask for the sale. Oh, I'm sleazy. People aren't going to want to buy from me. No, it is your job to sell every day. 
as the CEO of your business, regardless if you're a solopreneur or a company or a trust, your position description is there under selling. If you go to a nine to five job and you've got your KPIs that have been outlined in your position description, if you don't do them, you get pulled in your boss's office and you're either told, pull your head in or you're going to lose your job choice. But something happens when we leave that comfort of a nine to five and go into our own business because now it's like, oh, selling, it's not really my job. Yes, it is your job. And if you have a problem with selling, you're going to need to get over it because without selling, you don't have a business. And if you have a problem with selling, I say reframe it with serving. Every day you get to serve your audience something awesome that you have that is going to make their life better. But it is up to you to take ownership and take responsibility for your business and understand that selling is your responsibility. So, yeah, so those are the main kind of things that I would say is stop overcomplicating, build your audience, nurture your audience, sell to your audience. And therefore you will have a business made of, out of bricks and you'll be here for the long term. That analogy is brilliant. And I can tell that you've said that more than once because that just comes so easily. And I can see why. And you've got me laughing along the way too, because I love the bar analogy. <laughs> so we're going back and let's talk about nurturing. So it's one thing to say to these business owners that have gotten a few years into their business and they're now asking questions about what do I do next? Where do I go from here? So sure, you know, we talk about getting your legals in place and making sure that you're protected. We talk about bookkeeping, we talk about outsourcing, but when we start focusing on the audience and the business growth and we start talking about let's put a strategy together for the next two, three, five years, how do we nurture? How do we know what's going to work for us to nurture? Because I know that lots of questions come up around this, particularly for clients that I act for. How do we work out what's going to work for us? How do we nurture? I mean, there's a difference between nurture and finding out what's going to work for you. Nurture should just be a very organic, and I hate the word authentic because I feel it's overused at the moment, but it's, it just comes. Have a conversation. No comment on your Facebook or Instagram feed gets left untouched. No DM gets left unanswered, right? It's just going back to those core principles of connectiveness. That's nurturing. Now, if they're wondering though what works, I just want to clarify, do you mean like what works in regards to selling or what works in regards to what products they should put out? I just want to clarify that just nurturing the audience. So before we get to selling, and I've got a question to ask you about that in a moment, but it's this nurturing, it's the warming up, it's the it's the making the effort and, and the offering value. How would you want to be treated if you signed up to someone's lead magnet, if you showed up in someone's DM, what would your response be? So often we're taught hit the next transaction, focus on the next transaction where the money's coming in. But sometimes you have to slow down in order to speed up. That's the essence of providing value first is it's going to take a little bit longer than just asking for the genuine jugular per se. There's a book called, um, it's by Bob Berg and John David Mann. It's one of my favorite books called The Go-Giver. And they talk about the five laws of stratospheric success. And what the guys say is, I'll just give an example here. They're all about leading with value in your business first. Lead with value and you will become profitable. It's going to take you longer, but you're here for the long term. They talk about the first law, the law of value. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. The second law is the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. They talk about the third law, the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. The fourth law is the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. 
And the fifth law is the law of receptivity. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. So in the book, The Go-Giver, they're doing something that what I would say consider is very counterintuitive. It's the opposite of what we're being taught in marketing. It's the opposite, right? But again, I'm here to tell you after not one, but two seven-figure businesses is that when you leave with value, your people will stick around. In the world we live in right now, we are more disconnected than we have ever been, though we are, have more access to connectivity than ever before. But depression rates are up higher than ever before. Anxiety rates are up higher than before. In Australia, eight people kill themselves every single day more than ever before. And that's not including the impact that the good, good old C word COVID has had on the economy and people. Alcohol has increased substantially. Drugs have increased substantially. Why? Because we can't shut down the liquor stores in Australia in particular because our country is dependent to alcohol. Alcohol is the only drug that will kill you cold turkey. So if they take away alcohol, we're going to see more people showing up to hospitals with alcohol withdrawal, and they're going to take up more beds than the people with COVID are. But we've got more DV than ever before, more like all this because we are, quote unquote, more connected with technology, but we are actually more disconnected than we have ever before. So when your audience comes to you, understand that the universe is giving you people that are supposed to be within your ecosystem. Love the shit out of them, nurture the shit out of them, and treat them as if they were your family member. My gosh, I'm just stunned at some of the statistics you just shared. But the point is taken loud and clear is connection from what you're saying. So when I ask you, how do we nurture, you're saying connection and treat with respect our audience and don't just... I love the analogy about the pub, but it's the connection. And that's something that I'm focusing on as well this season in terms of marketing and value that we're offering to our clients, particularly for service-based businesses who are values-led or values-driven. It's just much easier to do. But that then leads me to something else I wanted to ask you, which is when we talk about these small business owners who are values-led or values-driven, you know, we very much say things like, you know, we're, we're living our soul's purpose in this business. We're here to serve and we're doing all of the things. I'm finding that those are the business owners that are having really icky feelings around selling. And I, I just want to dive in and pick your brain on this because you've said our job is to sell every day. And I love that you've said that and you say it with such conviction and it's really empowering to hear you say it. How do we get over this mindset of, but oh my gosh, I feel sleazy and I feel like I'm here. It's just about the money. You've put a flip on it and said, think of it as serving. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I know that this resonates with so many people. In my experience, there are seven major mindset blocks that I've seen in 11 years of being in business. And so I'll just quickly go through those because the more you say, oh my goodness, that's me, that's me, the more work you have to do. And then I can tell you how I've addressed those particular barriers myself in being in business. So the first major mindset block I see is self-trust. And self-trust is the belief in yourself, your growth, and your integrity. The second mindset block that I see is self-love, the sense of one's own value or worth as a person. The third mindset block I see is worthiness, the quality of being good enough. The fourth mindset block I see is money stories and blocks. Really, there's negative subconscious beliefs about money that limit you from achieving you know, your overall success and desires. The fifth one I see is obsessive thinking, a series of thoughts that typically reoccurred and often paired with negative judgments. I also see divine timing as a mindset block, belief that everything in our life happens at exactly the right moment. And the seventh mindset block I see often is imposter syndrome, referring to believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. 
So the more of these that you are sitting there shaking your head yes to, the more internal work you have to do. Your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. Let me repeat that. Your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. So if your business is a hot mess, if your bank account is showing negative, if your relationship is messy, if you're not connecting with your kids, you've got shit to do inside. And it's typically one of those seven mindset things that I've just talked about. So if you're having a hard time around money blocks and selling, there's a root cause to that. That root cause could be you overheard something that your parents, my parents, for example, filed bankruptcy twice. So I've had to do a lot of work around money and asking for the sale because, oh my goodness, I'm one of the only people in my family who has wealth. Everything is they get it, they lose it, right? We've got drug addiction, gambling, you know, the list goes on. So I've really had to work hard and be mindful of the past stories that I've heard my family members say and how they've bled into my own world and how I need to change that. How do I do it? There's kind of three ways in my experience as an ex-mental health clinician who used to do CBT, DBT, and all this therapy with people talking therapy really is that works, but it doesn't get to the root. It's very surface level. The next is I've done a lot of mindset work over the last 11 years and plus, do you know what I mean, of being alive and mindset work works too, because it, it can get to the subconscious. But where I personally have made the biggest changes when it comes to genuine selling is hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy goes back one additional layer from the ones that I've just mentioned, and you get to the really core of what's going on within your conscious and subconscious mind. So again, if you truly are struggling with things, it's going to be your responsibility to go and work on your internal world. It's a hot mess and it's not easy and there's going to be snot and tears. But the reality of it is, is if you don't do it, you're going to remain in the same spot as you are right now. Oh, that's so profound, Angela. For business owners that are getting to this point to work out what next, we could need to look inwards is what you're saying. There's a process we need to go through. Is this what you work with your clients on? I work with my clients theoretically. Again, I always try to identify my trifecta of strategy, sales and marketing and accountability. And when I infuse those together, I help women make more money because my aim is to help women create more wealth. Because when we get more wealth into the hands of women, women not only change their own lives, their community, but make a global impact compared to men. And that's not just me saying that because it sounds good. It's that's what our data shows. Women contribute wealth back into society more than men. And so for me, is, is that's where my zone of genius is. So though I can identify people's limiting beliefs, money blocks, whatever, I still outsource to those people who are specifically skilled in that. So when people work with me one-on-one in my mastermind or my 12-month accelerator programs, is I have a mindset coach that comes in every single month to be able to specifically work on mindset. I've got healers and I've got hypnotherapists that people can also go to and work with that stuff. But that's really important for me to understand where my zone of genius begins and where it ends. But it's equally my responsibility to make sure that I've got the right people to work through these things when those people need them, because it's not just strategy. There's a lot more to having a successful business, which is mindset and energy also. This is fabulous and so insightful. The last thing I I want to talk to you about and have you share your thoughts on before we go is... The concept of balance, which I know you reject, and that's something that's kicked around so often. I see it everywhere, striving for balance or I'm looking to blend, and I know you reject it. Can you share your views on that? Yeah, I mean, when I first started off in business 11 plus years ago, as as I was a mom to two small kids, I was working 40 hours a week in mental health, I was starting my first business, etc. And the reality of it was, is is everyone's like balance, work-life balance, you need balance, you need balance. 
And I just kept getting more overwhelmed and more stressed because if you look at the true definition of balance, it's pretty much along the lines around like balance is equal distribution amongst X, Y, and Z, right? Depending on your life. So I was like, well, I've got my husband and I've got my kids and I've got me and I've got extended family and I've got the business and I've got work. Like there, it wasn't an equal distribution. So then I was like, oh my goodness, well, I've had 40%. My kids have only had 5%. I'm a bad mom. So I had to learn very quickly that balance is bullshit. Then what I had to do is I had to replace balance with being present. So at nighttime, when I'm tucking my kids in my, and our, our dinner, the phones are away, there's no electronics and I'm in the moment present with them. If I'm on a podcast recording with you, for example, and my kids were to be at home, my kids would be told to pretty much keep your lips shut. Do you know what I mean? I'm present now recording with Tracy, right? And I had to learn to be okay with that because I, before COVID, I would fly a lot internationally for mastermind speaking events, whatever. Then I had to learn that I can be a good woman, a good mother, and equally a successful winning business. I can have all three of those things. Again, because I choose to be present in the moments that are important to me, depending on, again, if I'm on stage, I'm present with the audience and my kids know I'm not answering FaceTime and that that's okay, right? So again, uh, yeah, I do believe balance is bullshit. And I'd be looking at asking yourself those questions is, am I being present or am I ticking a box? That is a nugget of gold right there. There's been many in this episode, but right there because it takes the pressure off us as women and business owners to learn that there's a different way. And I tell you what, the guilt that we carry, and I know that you've seen it, is huge. So anything we can do to work through that and let go of that, I think is just an absolute blessing. Thank you for sharing that. That is gold You're very welcome. in itself. Thank you, Angela. We're going to include in the show notes um, a link to your website and your Instagram so people can come and find you if they want to engage with you a little further. But I'm so grateful for your time today and I just know how much value listeners are going to get out of this episode. So thank you very much. Gosh, no worries at all. You have an awesome day. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining me. I very much appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you found this episode to be of value for you in your business, I would be ever so grateful if you would take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, because that will help this podcast reach the ears of more business owners. If you haven't already, don't forget to jump over to my website and download your free copy of my annual legal checklist designed specifically for small business owners. And if you're ready to set your business up so you can get paid every time hassle-free, check out my course, Getting Paid Made Easy. You can access these resources on my website at tmsolicitor.com.au. Remember, in business, prevention is better than cure. I'll be back with another episode for you next week. Until then, take care.